This is Horsing Around with Pete Fairbanks. Giving my strong yet unresearched opinions is something that I excel at. Presented by the original Louisiana brand, Hot Sauce. You know, you're getting me and you. A lot of me, though, because I really like to talk. Now, here's your host. I have no idea how to open this thing. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. This is our first episode of Horsing Around with Pete Fairbanks. Obviously, I would not be Pete Fairbanks. That would be the guy hosting the show. And uh, I'm Neil. And most of you know me from Race Radio. Pete, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I, um, you know, I wasn't sure first how I would handle. I obviously uh, had a had a good podcast turn with uh, with starting. I had some fun over there for about an hour. But um, yeah, this is going to be a little different. I actually have to uh, to contribute instead of just answering questions. So. You know, it'll be a it'll be a fun uh, fun little uh, thought experiment for the year, I think. Well, it's kind of like pitching for the race. Everybody has to contribute something to get to our our innings limit. So you you might have to be the bulk guy here, but yeah. in this situation, Ooh. but I'll help you. Yeah, I would prefer um, if I didn't have to be the bulk guy, but um, <laughs> you know, if that's what's needed for this, uh, I would be more than happy to uh, to contribute. To, to, uh, to contribute those innings. Sorry, I got a little Cuban coffee stuck on my uh, my tongue there. It's okay. I know coffee's your thing. So it is. It is. I'm excited that um, our lovely Airbnb host Cliff. Cliff, thank you for the mocha pot. I have been making Cuban coffees every <laughs> afternoon. They're lovely. Pairs well, pairs very well with the Topo Chico. Yeah, it's been it's been a good time down here, and I'm just having a good spring so far. Sweet. So where have we come up with the idea for uh, coursing around? I, I think I have an idea. Yeah, well, the name—I know the name—stems uh, exclusively from uh, it was the one. It was one. It was the one in my wife's left hand, actually, when uh, our son picked it. It was either that, or uh, I think it was—it was the stare down was our other our other choice. <laughs> um, oh no, not so not so stable. I, I had a little bird in my ear from the other room telling me that I was incorrect with uh, that one. But no, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. It was kind of you know. A, uh, a fortuitous moment, I would say, for both for everybody that you guys got to enjoy me in Zoom calls all last year. Um, because I, I really think that you know there's there's a missed opportunity for especially you know people like me who are one of seven guys that sit down by themselves and usually are up to no good with a small certain group that nobody ever really um, gets to see and see what goes on down there in the bullpen, and we're a, a little. A little underappreciated, um, at least by the, the the fan side of the baseball world. I know that the uh, the actual baseball world appreciates us because we're needed. Yes. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you get the biggest outs of the game. You better be needed. Uh, yes, I, that's on my end. I was, I was very excited about it. I ran it through with my agent. Um, he is very, very adamant that he thinks that I would be a good podcast host in my future life. Um, and I think that talking about everything and giving my strong yet, um, unresearched opinions is something that I excel at and cannot wait to get to, uh, get to do every two weeks, whatever it is that we end up doing, um, during the year. So you can hear all my hot takes about, uh, my favorite subjects like, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, why Topo Chico is a superior sparkling water, (laughs) um, yeah, and how my dog hates Florida. I mean, it's all, all the fun stuff that everyday people deal with. We just happen to uh, to play a game every now and then as well. 
and how you force feed your your roommate Josh Fleming to to eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah, he still has. I uh, I, I do make a killer uh, honey balsamic Brussels sprout. It's in the works. He's gonna get it at some point while we're living together this spring. You know, uh, I don't. I, somewhere along the line, um, people thought that Brussels sprouts were only this vegetable that you know. Um, your grandparents would put in a pot and boil and they were r- rubbery and chewy and like a very bad cabbage, just like a little mini version of it. Then then they realized that you could slice them up and put them in a saucepan with some oil and balsamic and salt pepper and they're actually pretty tasty, you know? I would agree with you on that. You know, I was actually in the boat of, yes, my grandparents were the only ones to eat them, but I they used to like, changed they used to like over the threaten years. You with it. They used to like get threatened with it by your parents. Like, yeah, I'm going to eat Brussels sprouts. So the joke's on you now, mother. I'm 27 year old, years old and I thoroughly enjoy them. Is that your favorite? Ah, probably. I, I, I would say that if I'm... If I'm the one in charge of making our dinners, which usually I get relegated to the grill, I don't get to actually do anything in the kitchen. <laughs> but if I get lucky enough, I would Brussels sprouts is my number one vegetable choice far and away. I would say at this point. I see. I'm I'm with you. I'm a uh, I'm at best a sous chef. Yeah. Um, yeah. My wife Sari is the only one who really knows what she's doing in the kitchen. I'm good at eating and cleaning. Yeah, I'm allowed That's in there, sad. but then I'll like start something and then get kicked out. <laughs> and so now that we have a nice, easily heated gas grill at a house instead of our apartment with charcoal, where it was uh, one degree when I left through the spring, it's lovely to get back out there and stay out of her way in the kitchen. There you go. And we obviously know you're a youngster because Isaac picked the name of the show. He's how old? He is... I uh, here's another. I'm gonna. When did I, I'm gonna refer to him as a little over one until he hits one and a half, and then after he gets that, he's gonna be almost two. I um, almost exclusively refuse to to dish out his months. age in months now that he's over here. It's not like I'm out here. Well, in December, January, February, March. I am now twelve times twenty-seven plus three months old. Like we don't we don't do that. Let's. Let's turn the same, you know, once they're one, they're one, and then they're two, and then so on. But that could just be me. I don't I know that I know that moms have a different uh, opinion on that sort of thing. I will say having my kids are a little older now, they're 13 and 14. There is a point though when they get to four, five, and six where they like to say they're four and a half or four and three quarters. Because then they're almost seen. five. They're no longer yeah, yes, they're, 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 they're more mature. They're, they're that much more mature and important than they were if they were only four. Exactly. Exactly. To them, it means a lot. Just, 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 you know, so yeah, well, I mean, when you see Isaac, four and a half, I, I, I can go for the halves. It's like the, it's like the people, the kids, like, you know, they're going to say, yeah, he's 27 months old. It's a two-year-old. <laughs> what, it's a two-year-old. It's not, he's not 27 months. He's two. What are you going to do? Not, you defined him. He will. He will be two. He's when one. He is, when he's twenty-seven months, he is one. He is a shade over it, but he is one. Yes. Got it. But yeah, he's uh, he's kicking it. I. He loves books. His new phase is to run around the house, going, "What's that?" and pointing at everything that he hasn't recognized before, and even stuff that he already knows what it is. 
But I guess because we would always, uh, whenever we read with them, we'll point to stuff and say, "What you know? What's this? You know, what does the lion say? What is that?" And if it's an animal, he'll usually give you the animal noise. But now he's over that, and he wants to be the one pointing at the book, saying, "What's that? What's that? What's that?" That way, you then. What does he call? Uh, what does he call your roommate? I don't know if he. Ha I don't think he has a. He he doesn't say Josh. Um. Yeah. He he. Apparently he called him shh this morning. I, I got a little another air, got a secondary airpod in over here that's uh, feeding me information as we go. But now he's, uh, I'm sure that he'll be in. He's like almost in the phase where he's starting to to branch out. Besides like mom, dad, I think is our first. Our, I think we've accepted that his first real word that he is like taken and knows how to use and when to use it is bath. Um, so he's loves his baths. If you say bath, he runs to the tub and starts trying to take his shirt off. Um, but yeah, yeah, that he's uh, he's active. So he's active. Surprise, since you come, it's a family yeah, of not, two not former a, college athletes. Yeah, not a surprise to anyone that he is. Uh, he's big and he's figured out a little bit of coordination, and now he's trying to reap every single benefit that he can think of from it. So when he knows how to say horsing around, we got to have him do like. Yeah, intro. I mean, we can we can throw him on the intro whenever. I don't. That's going to be a while. I don't know when when uh, your two daughters. When did they like stringing words together? That's not for at least like till like it's like two-ish, right? You might so when you a, have the start of a yeah. sentence, when you have one kid, the oldest one takes longer. The uh, younger one mimics everything the younger one says and says everything. Right. At okay. least that's what we've learned. So yeah, Isaac will take a little while, but yeah, so I'm hopefully sure, I'm we're sure still doing this. Longer. Yeah, I'm I'm open to podcasting as as long as uh, I can. I think it'll be. I think it's fun. A lot of, I mean, I this is kind of back on the how this. I mean, two of my, I've really only listened to probably I listened about three podcasts. I would say I listened to Pitch uh, Mode, which is partially my pop culture love, but they're. Uh, it's by the winner, Mallory Rubin, Jason Concepcion. I think I said that right. They're great, awesome. Love listening to them. And then my dad actually got me hooked on um, Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. And that is, for someone who likes obscure little tidbits of knowledge, <laughs> my dad, my dad, to practice this, uh, never misses a Jeopardy episode. If that gives you any insight. So I just mm -hmm. love trivia, random stuff. So he showed me actually an episode that Gladwell did about how McDonald's fries used to be different when they were fried in beef tallow versus the FDA went on their anti, you know, beef fat, the anti animal fat fry stuff. Yes. Um, and they are switched to at some sort of canola oil blend now and how they're just not as crispy and delicious. And so I listened to that one and then I had all these long drives, um, my rehab year coming back from, North Carolina going out to Arizona. So I listened to most of the ones from his first two seasons. I mean, that's, it's very, very interesting podcast, definitely more deep, well-researched and, uh, I don't know. And it might, we might be more entertaining, but they're, I, I, like, hope so. I mean, you're not going to find out that the American revolution might've started because the smugglers of tea might've been put out of business. Like you're not going to, you're not going to find, find out about that stuff. You're, you're going to get to hear probably not me complain about people who want to list their baby's ages in months instead of years. <laughs> so yeah, because you can. Yeah. It was, it, 
you guys, you guys are giving me this platform and I intend to take full advantage of it in whatever ways that I can. Uh, but so those two, I listened to Bill Simmons a lot. Um, I was been reading his stuff since I would probably say Grantland back when he was still kind of with the ESPN. Yeah. So listen to that. He's had a lot of awesome guests that I love to listen to. The Super Bowl prop episode always entertaining. But yeah. So definitely, I wouldn't say a huge, wouldn't say huge, huge podcast guy, but you know, everyone that I've found that fits that niche, that niche has been very, very good. So now we'll find our yeah. own niche. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't, what did, like, what did, when you guys, when this all came about and you're like, ah, I think we should do a, you know, because I know this is kind of your, uh, your brainchild. Maybe. You're like, well, so what do we, like, what is this, that avenue of, like, what was the avenue? You're like, okay, well, we have the players and we have the fans. How do we can, like, what is, do we think that this is, you know, how does this come about and what's, what about this setting is so good to connect, you know, so players for, with fans? So for one, we're with COVID and we've been kind of mm-hmm. like pulled apart from fans. Now, I'm, I know you're probably psyched. I think we all are that, you know, we are going to see fans again in the stands, but it's going to be a little bit different this year. And I thought, you know what, seeing you in Zoom and seeing other guys, I'm like, we really don't get to show the personalities of guys enough. And I think being able to show that, you know, we can bring in other players into the forum and and you can, you know, it's almost like being in a clubhouse and it gives people like that look behind the curtain for, mm-hmm. you know, a little while to just kind of, Hey, this guy's pretty cool. I like what he does on the mound, but forget that. I like him, the person. And I think, I think for any of us, when we liked players, it was, something that they did on the field or something we read about or something that connected them to us. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I'm all about that. Right. So obviously, you know, you're a little bit older than I am. And there was no, like back when you were, you know, my age kind of getting into social media and really nothing Thank goodness. Like this to, to, uh, <laughs> to bring that. And so, but, but the thing with, obviously you're saying about um, COVID and everything is that normally you guys are in the locker room with us up until a certain point pregame and then at a certain point postgame. Mm-hmm. And so like, while you guys, like you guys will get to see, you know, how people interact and what they're, you know, kind of how the vibe of, of people together, who, you know, who hangs out with who, how things, like what they talk about. Like, yeah, obviously it's not like we're, it's not like one big, you know, party in there, but you, you kind of get to overhear what, you know, some people are interested in stuff like that. Um, we get a feel. That, is that, yeah. So I think that that, I don't know, you know, obviously not inside your, your, your mind. But I think that part of that would probably be, you know, definitely a driving factor to kind of what got you to think of this, I would say. Yeah. And I, and I think just overall in the game, it's it's cool to see, you know, like when you see the emotion of a Tatis bat flip or um, or the excitement of, of, you know, like a Chris Archer hopping off the mound, kissing his bicep after a big strikeout or something. I mean, to me, the emotion of the game is what it's about. But if you know the whole behind the scenes about what the guy's about, you're probably like emotionally connected. Like it's kind of like knowing your favorite movie star, your favorites, you know, whatever it is, you're like, you're like, you're, it's like deeper in here, you know? And, Mm -hmm. And to me, that's, that's what sports is about for me. I mean, I've always felt that that's what makes people. And, and, and the other thing is you guys are people like you're not, Pete Fairbanks with X stats for this year. It's, it's not that it's who are you, you know, like what coffee mm-hmm. did you drink? And why, why are you and, and Josh Fleming best buds? Like, you know, the movie Step Brothers, and like, 
that's and what's it like having a one-year-old and or a a one-plus-year-old or whatever you want to you know you know that kind of stuff is is as interesting I think for fans as it is hey what's this fastball look like probably way more interesting for me yeah I you know I, I definitely um obviously still like even when I was so I was a big Cardinals fan growing up right from basically as as long as I can remember up until high school once high school hit you know or not high school, once like into high school college kind of lost it you know just because of it just for me at least it took a little bit of a different like a backseat not necessarily like being a fan because I like that's where I was that's where I wanted to go mm-hmm. you know so you kind of at least in those in that 19 20 21 when I'm in college you know obviously still a Cardinals fan but like my my goals I, I'm not out there actively rude I'm looking okay well what do they do like what's why are they good what do they do etc um but no I, I think that you know as somebody who definitely you know looked up to those people in when I was in that you know 14 15 16 17 you obviously you want to see what all you know the big leaders are doing what they're doing um, what they're about, you know, what they're, especially now you can see it on social media, but you only see what I want you to see on social media. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not seeing my everyday activities. I'm not, I don't have a public Snapchat. You're not seeing that. So I think for somebody to still be able to maintain at least part of their, like their own, like obviously we have our own, all of our own lives and we're not that we don't need to be out there given, you know, fans, we're not the Kardashians, you know, we'll have our, have our on field, how have our existence, you know, outside of that, but then also we are in, like we, we entertain. That's what we do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, very physically impressive entertainers, but we're there because people like to watch and it gives them, you know, something to root for in the state, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that, you know, along that, let's, let's be people, you know? So to be able to give a glimpse of like what's actually going on and what people actually care about without feeling the need to chime in about, other stupid stuff. So I think I do. I think in that regard, something controlled and cool. Like it's a, it's it's an unfiltered. It's you know you're getting me, and you, a lot of me though because I really like to talk. Um, <laughs> couldn't couldn't see so that. You're, so you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of you know the player unfiltered. I know I've already you know I thought ahead. We're gonna have yards on. We're gonna talk about all the nerdy stuff that his wife makes fun us about. Um, obviously, you know, Flem's going to come on. We're going to talk about how I, at, at times, treat him like a little brother, and that's okay because, you know, it's just kind of kind of the dynamic that we have. I give a lot more than I take in that. He got me – he did beat me in Mario Kart last night at the Pines, and I was not happy about it. Um, so, no, I, I think that it, it, it's an interesting avenue to get to see a side of, of interest that you don't actually see most of the time with players. Exactly, exactly. And that's why we're horsing around with Pete Fairbanks. Your Tampa Bay Rays have called up yet another talented prospect, and this one might be the hottest of them all. It's the Louisiana brand hot sauce, the new official hot sauce of the Tampa Bay Rays. Made right in the heart of Louisiana since 1928, the original Louisiana brand hot sauce adds just the right amount of pop to all kinds of meals, from wings and barbecue to eggs and popcorn. The original Louisiana brand hot sauce. Bring the heat. It takes the it takes the uh, kind of BS players weekend pleat thing where you're like, oh, put your interest on your spice. There's no footwear restrictions. And actually, like, all right, well, yeah, let's actually explore that and see what you know. 
see what they're doing, where they grew up, not where they grew up, but how, you know, their inter their interests earlier in life are kind of explaining who they are, who we are, how we act, why we are the way we are. So I think it's a very interesting um, spot to explore. So Players Weekend all the time for us. I Yeah, I think Players Weekend should, like, I mean, we have no, there's no, there's another this year and last year, um, no footwear restrictions on color. Um, so I think that, I, I think that, Nike would love to, and all. I honestly, I don't know why they don't do it in all their sports. I think since they are the uniform, obviously Nike, NBA, MLB, and NFL. I would think that they need to get on the horn with the leagues and just say, "Hey, you know, we did it in the NBA. We like it. People like their shoes. Whatever. Let's let other, um, you know, obviously the footwear is different in baseball. You have some companies that are putting." you know, custom sole, custom spike soles onto other shoes, but it's so much harder because you have to have a functional spike still. And so I think if they can find a way to get, you know, those artists, people that are painting shoes, the dudes who are doing custom designs, let that happen with whatever you want all the time, you know, and kind of give somebody, I, cause there's dudes in um, the NBA that are rocking Dragon Ball Z shoes, Naruto shoes, in addition to all the other cool, um, you know, colorways and stuff. They took it to the Kobe's and the J and the J's and everything along that. But you know, obviously, we it's a little tougher for us to do that. Let's get us a different way to kind of maybe express yourself more. You know, on so the field than than what we're currently given. So, give me a dream Fairbanks shoe. What's it? Mm. What's it got on it? Oh man, that's tough. A dream Fairbanks shoe. I could go back. I could. I don't know if he could fit enough on there for that. I do have a pair of yellow spikes that are coming for this year. I think that that pretty much sums it up. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that would have fit our shoe policy, even if they didn't change it for this year, because we are, uh, yellow is our third color. And the old policy said that it had to be a team color. And yellow is one of our colors. I don't know. I think it would be, it would definitely be cool to find some of the, uh, some of the, the artists out there that are doing shoes like that. I, I mean, you could you could go anywhere. Maybe have a maybe have a Pokemon pair. That'd be cool. Love Pokemon. That's your big. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's my biggest right now though. I, I it's big. Trust me. After my wife got her switch and I played through Sword and Shield, it's definitely it, it's great. Took me back to when I never had a Game Boy, um, and I played on an emulator throughout my three years of college, which was a blast because. You can play it at four times the speed. That way you don't have to slave away just hammering down A to try and get through the cutscenes. Do you found a way? I, I could go I could go for that though. Maybe get a Blaziken pair. Blaziken, my all-time favorite Pokemon. Um, okay. which is partially because he's great, partially because his name is a portmanteau of Blaze and Chicken, which is just a great just a great way to come up with a name. So you're geeked out on Pokemon, um, Mario Kart. Yeah, playing a lot of Mario Kart right now. Um, WandaVision, obviously, MCU has been at the forefront of uh, movie going. I can't say like full on pop culture, but it's definitely like at the forefront of the collective, like the collective brain of IP. Because especially with how they have done WandaVision. There wasn't, obviously you had the cliffhanger, the MCU cliffhanger of, with Infinity War and Endgame, but you knew what was happening. 
like you knew everything that was going to go on with um that Thanos. they got snapped they're coming back in some way shape or form because all the new it's the people that are going to be you know we're going to kind of usher out you know chris evans hemsworth hemsworth is coming back in the new thor pretty fired up about that and i think he might be in the new guardians of the galaxy too which would be just an electric combo so yeah, favorite so I, favorite mcu movie then would be despite its one glaring plot hole i gotta say the Winter soldier well, it's got, okay, it's got two. One, the <laughs> fact that somehow Helmet Zemo is alive on these, the oldest um, floppy disk. I don't even know if they're floppy disks. They might have been older than that. The oldest recording computer code software known to man. And the fact that um, my guy, Captain America, Chris, Steve, whatever you want to call him, dude, we got we to gotta put... This this software somewhere better than any machine behind the hub above We got to figure out a better spot for it. So other than that, I, I think that you know him and Matt and the Bucky reveal and how it's basically just a spy movie, but with Captain America, I thought was just a great combo. Probably far and away my favorite of them. What about you? Is like a specific, so that's my favorite. I mean. So I liked, I thought the Black Panther movie itself was, was original and just different from the other. Yeah. And I was Michael big into it. So good in that. Yeah. So and I would, and obviously Chadwick Boseman, you know, if you saw him there yeah. and it's mm-hmm. sad, sad day past, you know, so young, but that, and I actually was a big fan of the Iron Man movies because they also kind of all kind of, they all weave through. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. they're all um, they're, and I, they're they're self-contained, but they're they're all part. They all they touch on each phase, each part of you know the phase as they're hitting it, almost mm-hmm. at least through. Obviously, more like yeah, your your phase one leading up to the Avengers, and then kind of phase two pushing towards Ultron. But yeah, it has and it has parts of everything in contained into an Iron Man movie. And John yes. awesome. And and my daughter is big into. Um, she's excited about um, what's the movie that they keep postponing? Um, uh, Black Widow. Yes, she wanted. Yes, she that was big one, into that, and and I, bummed that it keeps getting moved. Yeah, I think that that one is going to be. I just like spy movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know about, I, um, so I, I think that the spy movie aspect on that. Will be hopefully be really do- will be really good, well done, because spy movies are always interesting. That's why they keep bringing in new James Bonds. Exactly, exactly. So I'm kind of curious, what's the center of the universe now that there is no Iron Man for these next like big group of movies? I've seen, I've read a little bit. I'm not that geeked out that I'm like reading everything because mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want too many spoilers, but I'm kind of curious how they're going to play it through. Yeah, I, I think. If I had to guess, I think we're getting some sort of um, House of M variant with everything that's going on in WandaVision mm-hmm. right now. But I haven't seen the new episode, so I obviously I'm going to date myself when we release this two weeks down the road. I haven't seen the end of the season. We only just figured out that Agatha is in Westview. Um, it was her all along. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sing for you though. Not nah, please, please. I'm I'm not going to sing either. Um, but no, that the fact that they're using. 
um, a small screen spoof of like sitcoms through the decades as a way to jumpstart phase four into, you know, what they're shooting for, I think is, that's a brilliant move. And the fact that, you know, you can't, like, I haven't been on, I have a Twitter burner that I only use to read about pop culture and follow, you know, other random things that I like. Um, but the fact that they only have, that I can't go on, I can't like load it up, load it up on Friday. And I know if I swipe over, I'm going to see something about WandaVision. I can't, I can't go, I can't, can't go through that. So that I think is just a testament to how big it actually, I know I kind of said that it might mm -hmm. not be at before, but it's, and the MCU as a whole is the biggest thing that I think over the past 13 years that we've really experienced Thrones had its shot. And then, uh, yeah, that one didn't stick. That was just a disappointment for the last 16 episodes or whatever the last two seasons were. Yeah, that was, and that, oh man, that's enough. It's just disappointing with a lot of stuff. I, I obviously, Star Wars took a big turn for, for the better with, um, man, have you seen the Mandalorian? I'm assuming you're not gonna. I've seen some of it. I haven't gone through seen some, every okay. episode. Well, I haven't gone through all of it yet. Mandalorian definitely worth. You should probably watch every episode. I'm not gonna. Well, you 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 know about the cameo at the end, though, right? Yes, I got I got bigger into the Karate Kid and Cobra okay, Kai the, the than Cobra I could Kai for one. some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but for some reason that like the whole campy it was really campy and kind of funny, and I needed that in COVID, so I was I got into that a little more for for whatever reason. I've not okay. seen I haven't seen any of Cobra Kai. Um, I might add that to the watch list. My wife found a new show, uh, Firefly Lane. I think okay. it's based on some novel that was written by some lady, and it's about these two friends throughout like four different decades in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's halfway interesting from the, uh, the couple of episodes that I've watched, but I don't really think it's quite my cup of tea. Um, just not the not. Not in my interest level, really. My my kids, I, I probably shouldn't have had them watch all of Cobra Kai, but they actually <laughs> enjoyed it. So, I mean, they're, they're there's probably some stuff as a little it's adult. A time, yeah, it's a timeless film, but there's, I'm sure that there's, uh, especially if you're dealing with them as older, uh, as, as into their adulthood. Yes, you'll see if you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking not. about. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, well, that, that might lead us into our, our good stuff. So we, already, we already kind of hit on the MCU. Um, and since we're going to play this this FMK, going back to my middle school day, not middle, high school, high school, we're not going to. The high school days of people deciding that this was a fun game to play. So we're going to change it. We're going to name it Watch, Rewatch, and uh, Shelf, I guess. Yeah, shelf is a good word. Okay. So we talked about the MCU. That's definitely going to be one of our, our three. We're in a, our other two are going to be the other two biggest um, movie movie book IP franchises ever. You're going to have the Harry Potter fandom and Star Wars. Probably okay. my one of my favorite, my two of my other two favorites from that era that I really enjoyed when I was younger, and still with all the new IP that's coming out for the uh, Percy Jackson books and Avatar. Regrettably, I love both of them, but I do not think that they quite hold the same level. I there's we we saw what M Night Shyamalan tried to do with try to do when he took Avatar to the uh, the big screen, and it was terrible. We don't speak of that. 
So those are those are my two, I, those are the only two things I can think of at least. So watch rewatch shelf, which goes where? Yeah. Well, which... uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to shelf. I don't know if I ever. I was I was spitballing this with Flynn and my wife and his wife and then Yarbs. I don't know if I I don't know if I ever answered it. So that's a good question. I think. Don't hold it against me, but I'm going to shelf Harry Potter of the three. Yeah, I I completely understand that. That's where I'm. That's where I, I, that's my that's my dilemma, right? Because I don't like their movies anywhere near as much as I like the books, and so. I think when I answered this, I think I was gonna, um, I think I was gonna shelf Star Wars. Actually, I'm gonna I'm mm. gonna watch I'm gonna watch slash read Harry Potter. and I'm gonna keep the MCU, but those the MCU and Star Wars. It is, I think the only for sure that I have right now is Harry Potter in the middle. And my logic with that is, it takes you longer to read than it does to watch something, right? So I at least got the time that it takes to read seven books uh whatever you want to call the cursed child script i i i wasn't that big a fan it just didn't seem like it meshed with the ideas that were at play throughout that whole series you have the fantastic Be obviously the two fantastic beasts those were good um which i both thought were pretty good films so uh, there's a ton there what i have to, i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna watch them they're a, an integral part of I guess that I'm technically a millennial. I feel like I'm kind of pushing. I'm like the last vestige of millennial before you start hitting into Gen Z. Um, so I think I obviously I you gotta watch them. They're we grew up with those characters, and you can't, you know, for the, some of the things that J.K. has has done and said, you can't take that aspect. Like you can't completely eliminate, you know, Harry Potter from the collective um like it's a collectively a part of of pop culture as we you know especially as my generation grew up and enjoyed it and there's just so much and so much there that i think i have to keep that one that is firmly in the watch for me the other two i i could talk myself honestly into either way because if, if you look at it as a, as a scope you look at it, the scope of of marvel right and marvel has such a it, to be fair it's my second favorite i i prefer dc to marvel still i i don't claim the dc movies i claim the dc comics and their animated films all that stuff is excellent um so like there's, there's just from everything that you have in marvel it goes back to when you know stanley made spider-man i don't know who his mm -hmm. first character was spider-man was, was probably their biggest character you know that they've ever really had up until i think really like this with with iron man and everything i think he might have kind of he was kind of always relegated then with the, the with the mcu obviously has been brought much more to the forefront of that yes so i don't know there's just so much source there there's no way that i it would take me at least a year to read every comic that marvel has ever put out under that umbrella Plus, you have obviously the MCU films, which are incredible. You got Agents of Shield. You got Agent Carter. You got WandaVision. So there's just so much there. But then you look at Star Wars, and Star Wars obviously 
it is very obviously it's derivative from the hero's journey that that was lucas has said it a thousand times that's kind of where it happened but when you look at it i think that i like collectively the my my like to dislike ratio of films and mcu to star wars is much much higher in the mcu like there's significantly more than i that i like in the mcu than i dislike versus the, the star wars side of things I'm a big prequel fan. Even Attack of the Clones, I, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like if you have a dog and the dog is a head, you're not going to not love the dog. You're just going to accept it. You know, they suck sometimes. And with the dialogue, it sucks. Um, so I, yeah, I think I gotta, I gotta shelf Star Wars just as much as I love the Mandalorian and Clone Wars and Rebels. And Revenge of the Sith and four, five, six, and not seven, eight, nine. I think, I, yeah, I think I got a shelf Star Wars. It pains me to say that. My my eleven year old self is real mad with all the Star Wars Legos I had. Um, but I got to shelf that, and I got to keep the MCU around. What about right, you? What I'll you? go. I'll go watch MCU. Probably, I would. I'll read Star Wars and I'll shelf Harry Potter because okay. it was just starting when I was big. And my kids would crush me for shelving Harry Potter, but I will shelf Harry Potter. I got to be, I got to be decisive. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. A very defensible pick. It's, it's got its, it's got its, well, I mean, the books don't have any plus, let's be real. But the movies suck for the most part. If you're somebody who thinks, if you're somebody who, loves the source material that they were adapted from and i have a very hard time separating like my expectations with a movie versus what i what you read like what you grew up with with the books etc yeah i completely i can see that i understand the logic an excellent choice in my eyes thank you yeah we got i think i, I think i was uh when i was spitballing this because my wife was she wasn't pestering me she was telling me that I can't go and wing everything because, you know, sometimes you have to actually kind of have a plan going in. So I think the first version of that I asked was with Lord of the Rings instead of, I think it was instead of Star Wars, maybe? No, okay. I think it was instead of Harry Potter. I left Harry Potter out because that's a very divisive subject. And, you know, so I, I think everybody was in, oh, except for Flynn, Flynn, big Lord of the Rings guy, apparently. Hmm. Who would have known? Who would have known? So hopefully, doesn't eat vegetables like Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, uh, what a combo! Yeah, we love pop culture in this household. Now I'm just sinking into my brain about all the other. I'm very excited for WandaVision. Let's just circle back to that for a second because that's what I'm. That's what I'm processing right now. Wish that the episodes were longer though. Really could use a longer episode then. You know, I read that they actually were six episodes of an hour and they divided it up to make it nine that okay. that they that. So I guess they wanted because of the way things have gone, they wanted to stretch it out a little bit. So they were supposed to be six. The only inside reading I've really done on it. Yeah, <laughs> I say I haven't done much. I um, Concepcion, who's one of the binge mode hosts I was talking about, was tweeting about how they everybody thinks that it's basically going to be some variation of house of M. And then I did get into some, I got into some real nerdy stuff dealing with the Nexus pills from the last episode. I had it all along. Okay. And there's the commercial, she has her antidepressant 
mess this pill commercial. Did some reading into that. I don't want to. I'm not. We're not. We don't need to get into the into the nitty gritty. No, I, I think that there's there's so many. Not so many. There's there's a few avenues of how this is all going to work, and especially with the Agatha reveal that she was manipulating it. How does that play with mutants? You know, so it really comes down to the fact that they now have 20th Century Fox and can do whatever they want. And so, are do we get the the young Professor X with McAvoy, or do they bring in you know Patrick Stewart for something? How's that all gonna gonna tie in? So I guess we can I guess we can thank Disney for all of their uh, excellent their excellent acquiring skills to get back their own IP or to get back Marvel's IP, I should say. You know, there were some of those, like First Class, obviously, I thought was an excellent X-Men movie. Um, Days of Future Past, et cetera. You know, they're all good. I actually, they just relaunched probably about, I think it was in the, in the very end of 19, they did some huge, um, it was like Dawn of X and House of X, I think were the kind of crossovers that they did. And so that kind of re- Kind of revamped their the all of the X Men titles over these these past the past like full year and a little bit, and those that recently have been some of my favorites to read. They've been very, very, very interesting all in all. So yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, and hopefully they do they bring all my favorite mutants over to uh, to the MCU. So are these the kind of cool discussions you have in a clubhouse during spring training? Um, I don't honestly think that anybody is quite. Uh, is in the comics as I have, am, and I'm even behind. I have um, a site where I might read these comics without paying for them. Um, I can't disclose that site, nor can, nor disclose the fact that if I do or do not do that. Uh, no, I don't think anybody is quite as into comics as I am, but definitely, I mean, pop culture is a huge, it, it isn't, it's been a little different in a big league clubhouse than I have been, I've had in my minor league ones. But obviously, I think that the biggest, like we haven't had a driving force like Thrones. Because Thrones was like at the four, almost at like the peak of clubhouse talk during its run. At least, you know, in my, my high A, double A um, clubhouse, or low, low A, high A, double A clubhouses. So that like the the Thrones and Thrones when it took off and you had you started getting to season six and season seven season eight where you have a bunch of people who've all watched the same thing in hanging out with each other all the time for an entire time that these episodes are coming out you get you tend to get a little bit more. I'm still mad at Thrones that the 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 Jon Snow they, reveal like Jon Snow Rifle King can't curse it doesn't freaking matter it doesn't matter like, what is what's the payoff of that so george finish your damn books yes i yeah I, I do get a little bit of this a little bit of that right now we've been playing a lot of zombies on uh, the new black ops um second the second season of the black ops war zone is out right now and they have a new open world zombies mode that we're very excited to try out and that's usually sometimes we invite fleming not very often though Usually, uh, Yarbs, uh, Sledge, now obviously with the Angels and myself, we would uh, we would hop on Zombies and grind for, for a while. So we're definitely excited to try out that new mode. But yeah, it's and it's a little different in COVID uh, with the old COVID clubhouse than it was, it is in a normal one. It's just you don't have, you don't get that, not as like tight, you know, you're spaced out with lockers, there's not as many people in there. You don't get to eat together. And I think that that's when a lot of 
you know, the, the conversation around stuff like that at least happens. You know, once we, once we get progressed on with this year, we'll get some, we'll get some good stuff in. Well, I'm sure the, the folks who are listening and watching are enjoying and uh, look forward to who knows what we're going to bring the next time. So, yeah, we'll see. We might even, uh, we might even have a guest. We'll, uh, we'll get to get to hear a little, little witty banter and discuss all the new, all the new avatar potential that uh, just recently announced. I got two things for you though. We did a pilot. You were looking for a minivan. All right. Did you get, yeah. you, no, you were anti-minivan, but you're looking for a new vehicle. What'd you get? I'm anti, I'm no minivan. We did get a new car. We got a Lincoln Navigator. Okay. Um, my wife's uncle, cousin, some type, got us hooked up with a different uh, Lincoln dealership in St. Louis. So I got a Navigator. It's got all the room you can need for a dog, um, a cat, and a human, two, three humans at the moment. We even fit Josh and Katie in the back. So I, we've had uh, wow. got plenty of room for everybody. Great car, highly recommended. So we got that done. That is, that is, that is done. Team No Minivan. So that'll be uh, your next sponsorship. Will be the Lincoln Navigator. Yeah, and, we'll, we'll try and, to get, we'll try to get Lincoln <laughs> on there. And Lincoln the last, and Chico. There you go. And the last food spot. I know you're a foodie. So last big food spot you hit before coming to Port Charlotte in Missouri that you are going to miss a great deal was what? Got it. All right. So there's a spot in my uh, the suburb I grew up, Western Groves, right on the corner. It's called Balkan Treat Box. They got a they got this dish called a chicken donner, which is a it's a sandwich with chicken, uh, some red cabbage, tomato, cheese, and this I don't know what the name of the sauce is in a pita. It is so so good. Got that. My agent brought it over right before we left. That and then I'm really gonna miss uh, this is this is two. Sorry, I had a so Balkan Treat Box one, two is a place called the Pearl. Um, it's a tie joint that's up by my, where my wife grew up. And it is the best drunken noodles I've had. That's fantastic. I'm surprised being from where you are, you passed on, you didn't mention a barbecue joint, but you, it sounds like you have two pretty good spots. No, I, we had, I, I made sure uh, Phoenix and some of my, uh, some, one of our other, couple of our other buddies were up for uh, Fleming's wedding. I made sure that they got barbecue. So definitely never, never far from a good, from a good barbecue place. But those were the two that I, uh, my last two that I really needed and will miss the most for this year cool well it's been kind of fun hanging out so who knows what we'll talk about next time we might even have a guest that we'll bring in now this has been fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again we thank you guys for hanging out with us it's horsing around with Pete Fairbanks 